I'd like to welcome everybody back to the Gun Show Podcast. I'm Martin Davis, and I'm here with William Petty. Hello. And uh, we're working on a skeleton crew today. In our secret zombie-proof apocalyptic lair. Yeah, we're getting prepared, you know, because it's not too long before the world ends. 12, 21, 12, right? I think so, something like that. But our two associates or cohorts... Well, now, there, I didn't close the not door a, on them. Well, I, I heard yelling and screaming on the outside, but um, you've seen Doomsday Proppers. It, it, it was only a matter of time, and I thought that I thought that Alan was turning. It's harder to tell with him because he is a ginger. So you you can't. Is he a zombie or is he just a ginger? Well, I knew they didn't make it when you came back with the single tear rolling down your cheek. And I'm like, oh, no, no, don't tell me it's true. Well, that, but then I was okay with it. So. We, we only have enough Starbucks for two this is, for this the year. This is true. This is true. Um, so, all right. You know, that that's a really interesting question. Zombies. You know, they got to rot and die away at some point, right? So why doesn't everyone just lock themselves away for six months and let them just disappear? Because it's more fun to watch everyone running. Oh, well, at some point, they get tired of running, don't they? And then you get to watch them get eaten. All the people that get kicked out of the academy, I call them zombie fodder. <laughs> Weren't you just at the academy right before you showed up? Yeah, we like were doing five uh, minutes ago. Yeah, uh, as I rushed in and shot, shot, or closed the vault door yes. behind me. Um, yeah, we were out doing uh, building clearing today. So uh, Building clearing, what do you mean when you say that exactly? Well, we had two and four-man drills. Uh, Picking of, up couches and moving them out? Yes, or, okay. yes. Uh, very important. Um, no, these are, these are cadets going through the police academy, and they are learning the, the basic skills of room entry and clearing a room. So um, as it relates to home defense, um, very applicable. In fact, I think every CHL person should learn on a basic level how to clear a room. Like the, um, slicing the pie, is that slicing the pie, and you know, addressing the threat or the unknown threat. So when we were doing two man drills, we were showing how to slice the pie and how to have two men enter or women um, enter the room simultaneously. And a lot of the a lot of the issues that we see at a, a very basic and beginner level is people tend to freeze in the doorway, mm -hmm. which is very we call it the fatal funnel. Uh, in the industry, but it's um, you know it, it's it's a problem for a lot of reasons. If you freeze in the doorway, not only are you outlining your silhouette um, and and drawing um, possible fire to to yourself, but also you're not allowing the people that are behind you to get into and address the threat as well. So if you have two or three or four people that are stacked up behind you and you come up to the door and you're hesitant to make entry into the door, um, then now it's just you versus whatever threat may or may not be in that room. And you pretty much want to enter a room like water flowing into something. And the only way, only reason you're not going to continue in that, in that path is if something is blocking you. So you just navigate around it to get to the point where you're trying to go or. Yeah, that's an, that's an excellent, um, that's an excellent, uh, example. In fact, uh, we find that a lot of people in, when they start off are very jerky, um, and very like Mr. Roboto, you know, going through the door. Is and, that nerves, or they just not know how their body's going to handle um, it? I, I think uh, I think it's a couple of things. First, you know, initially it's a new skill, um, and it is also something that is kind of counterintuitive to a lot of people because you have to realize that you're going into a potential situation where you are are facing a threat. And then when we start adding simulations to it, um, people don't want to get hit. 
People don't want to get right. hurt. You know, right. it stings. Uh, no one wants to like willingly walk into the lion's den. Um, so it just takes. Can I willingly shoot at them at some point? Can I be an actor in there shooting at like, them? Like, like with real ammo? No, with. <laughs> I'm not going to be an active shooter currently. I'm just meaning like you're waving your Glock around. Well, or as that's just one I of our care. former cohorts used to say, "Rock." Can I actually use some semi or simunitions and some shoot semi simunitions? Uh, yeah, we have uh, several different types of simunitions we use. We have the paint marking simunitions. I just want to shoot them with any of it. Any any of it? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You no. realize they can shoot you back. That's fine. You realize there's going to be more of them than there are you. That's okay. Really? Yeah sadomasochist is that the word no i mean i'm i'm thinking about it okay so Why are you rubbing your nipples when you're talking about this because it's very exciting the basically i know that they're going against people are are the actors that they're going against are they ever told to dumb it down or are they told to actually take cover fire and i mean basically act like an active real shooter or is it kind of like because i know i have to assume that when you watch like cops and everything when when the cops dynamically enter a house or a room most of the time you see the guy standing there in his underwear and he's just frozen and he's not a good guy he's i usually a bad guy. play that part you're the guy in the underwear in frozen? the underwear yeah, yeah. <laughs> well that's because you can pull it off well, but, yeah. But that's because you have the face mask on. No one can tell it's you. So, Well, I mean, they identify me by my abs, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no. You Plus, know, your, you have a sun tattoo around your your belly button, don't well, you? Well, it's it's because I had a piercing gone wrong yeah. there that it just... You had to hide the scar. Yeah. Okay. It, it, uh, it Broken relationship. I don't really want to talk it about happens. it. It happens. It does. Everyone has a belly button ring at one point gone wrong, right? Um, yes. Okay. Mine got ripped out. It got caught on my fishnet shirt. Yeah, and just ripped it right out. I hate. I hate when that happens. I hate wearing fishnet shirts now. I well, <laughs> um, well, no. You know the 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 idea behind training is that we want. You never want to set up training to where they lose the scenario. Mm-hmm. In that, whether you're training CHL people or you're training cops, or you're training soldiers or you're training whatever, you never want to set up a scenario that is impossible for them to win. And you never want to set up a scenario where they quote unquote die. So I always make make sure that they fight through it because that goes back to the winning mindset and the training philosophy of you have to instill not only in yourself but in the people that you're instructing that you can survive no matter what. I mean we have videos up at the academy of people being shot in the face, being run over by cars, being bit by dogs, people being hit over the head by you know baseball bats and they, they finish the fight, they win – and they overcome that that violent encounter, and that's that's not selective only to law enforcement work. That's that's anyone. Anyone can have that mindset. So, but that mindset isn't just bred in us. You know that that mindset is something that's trained. And so, people, it's it's your responsibility to make sure that you have the mindset to win the fight. So we try to train train that way. So I never come up to a cadet and and, and I and say. You know what? You've just been shot in the face. You're dead. Yeah, uh, it's 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 counterproductive. Can I yell at them like I'm gonna blow y'all all the way? As you take off your shirt slowly. <laughs> this is not like a nighttime job. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, it, it does change. I mean, LaBear's does have certain rules. They call them the Martin rules now. Do they? Yeah, it's company wide. It's been initiated. Well, uh, you know, I, I say unionize. Yeah. Well, I think we should. Male strippers unionize. We should come together. Maybe we should just change my name. 
I don't even know why I use my real name on stage. I don't even know why I use my real name for this podcast. Yeah, that was a big <laughs> mistake. Yeah, it was. So I want to thank everyone. We've been getting, we probably got maybe seven or eight new people on Facebook that liked us. Yeah, that's great. And uh, we still have, I know one of the people asked about, um, about the range pictures, yes. asking if we were still doing that. Yes, we are. We are. Uh, so post your favorite range pictures. Mine was one with a, a you know, 50,000 gallons of, of fuel Actually, right behind me. I think it was 4,550. Is that what it was? I believe it was. Was it liters? I don't know. It said it on the side of, the, said it on the side of it. Yeah. But I was more concerned about the guy pointing his oh, rifle no, no, generally don't worry in your about direction. That. That's, just standard, that's just standard training out yeah. there. You're not training unless you're pointing rifles at each other. Well, were y'all on the range? or mm-hmm. So they just randomly park highly flammable fluids next to the range? You'll find, you'll find that... Um, Many countries over in that part of the world are not uh, don't have the same standards mm-hmm. that um, U.S. ranges would have, such as berms or you know where to park <laughs> gallons of of diesel fueled uh, vehicles or um, where when, you, when to when and where to point your when gun and where down to range. point rifles. <laughs> uh, it was a it was it was a little I was a little freaked out at first, but you know you learned to just get over it. I'll so. say though, everyone had. Uh, great uh trigger discipline though no one had their finger on the trigger in that picture that you sent yeah that's where i draw the line i mean and you can park gasoline next to me you can point your rifle at me but don't god help us if you point if you put your finger on the trigger you dirty animal <laughs> yeah dirty ape <laughs> well back to what we were talking room about clearing. room clearing i've always kind of wondered this myself um i don't like using a flashlight unless i would know that there's a threat and I have a general idea where that threat is because he's going to know that I have the flashlight. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I know where he is or I see him, and I'm going to put that flashlight in his eyes as an, an attempt to blind him. Now, it doesn't guarantee that it's going to do anything, especially if it's a daylight situation or something like that. But when it comes to teaching someone on how to make an entry, I know the whole slicing the pie. But at the same time, what about a quick entry into a room that would be you know, a little bit dynamic? Well, once you slice the pie, once you slowly, section by section, view the room as much as you can get, and you can get about 80% of the room um, from the doorway. Once you do that, then you have to enter the room. And once once the decision has been made, okay, I'm going to enter this room, that's the part that has to be done dynamically. So a lot of building searching is about throttle control. It's about knowing when to go fast and when to go slow, when to take your time and when to speed up. And once you've pied and sliced a pie of the of the, taking a slice from the doorway viewing each strip separately um, of the contents of the room and then figuring out okay I'm going to head to this direction or I'm going to head to this direction um, from there that that part needs to be quick that part needs to be dynamic and what you want to do is is get through the doorway so that's where we have a lot of the issues we also see a lot of the people with um, uh, a depressed ready with the gun pointed down at the ground instead of like a compressed ready so the gun's up in your workspace as you come through the doorway um so and i think a lot of that has to do with just tv or whatnot the use of the flashlight is important and uh you know a lot of the a lot of the people or a lot of the people that come through the academy and go through the the basic um, room clearing stuff tend to overdo it with the ninja skills they're they're so concerned about being quiet when you have to realize and all all honesty they probably already know you're there from a law enforcement standpoint i mean you show up in your big shiny police car you come through the front door um go around the back 
I'll cover the back, Sarge. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, (laughs) For me, being efficient and being safe is more important than being sneaky. There is an element to that, obviously. I mean, you you don't want to telegraph more than you have to. But we have students that are almost reluctant to use the flashlight because they say, well, it gives away my position. Well, you also can't see the threat in the corner either. Well, that's, so. yeah, that's, I mean, I look at it as, you know, you're not going to have it on constantly. You're going to kind of flash it on a few times, see where you have. I, okay. With what you're saying there, I, I kind of listening to myself and thinking to myself, I'm, I'm counteracting what I'm saying to some degree. Right. But I have a strobe, I have a Viridian strobe. Uh, like laser light combo like a disco ball yeah it 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 spins around yeah no that's actually why i have a disco ball in every room of my house so that i can just hit it with a light in case in case you have someone that breaks in james bond and all the guys will just go ah they'll fall down to the ground um but so is it a constant on a strobe light or basically controlling it by your thumb what's the best it depends on what the light level is if you're in a situation with no light it's in the middle of the night and you're in a building with no lights on you're gonna have to have some light to move um if you're in a building and it's daytime outside and you've got some ambient light but the building inside is dark and you need the light to penetrate the corners of the room um or certain aspects of the room to pie then use it. But what we don't want to see is people keep it on and then just hang it and illuminate their feet. You know uh, what I'm yeah, saying? Like, yeah. so they they have their light on and they keep it in their hand and it's shining, shining down at their legs and their feet while they're standing there and they're trying to pie or do whatever. So if you need the light, use it, turn it on, see what you need to see. Then if you don't need it anymore, turn it off. And that's why I'm a big fan of the small, um, Either pressure plate or yeah, I'm a big fan of the small uh, Surefire flashlights that have the tail cap. Yeah, um, right. Uh, pressure switch they, for me, that's they call much those more the, versatile. The tactical tail uh, tail caps, and that's, there's actually difference. Yes, um, when you go to buy a flashlight, um, I bought a, new, a brand new flashlight, it's like 280 lumens LED. You know, six hour runtime, and I was like, awesome. It's got a civilian uh, toggle, like clickable tail cap. Click click. Yep. Click click. So it's although I mean I love it it's great and it's a great flashlight to Is have it around big, the house. Small, who's it's a manufacturer. It's Surefire. Okay. Um, but it's like a it's I think it's a newer six P. Whatever the the new version of the six P. Is so you're a four inch guy. Uh, it's like four. It's a big four inches, right? But <laughs> I mean, so it's four inches, but you tell everyone else it's six. Or? Yeah. Well, I tell everyone it's a nine P until they see it, and they're like, "Dude, that's a six P." Oh, I'm okay. Like, ah, right on. <laughs> busted right on. again. Yeah. More than once it happens, but... All right, so... I'm Asian, I get it. All right, so we talked about making entry into a room. You need to slice the pie. You need to dynamically or quickly enter that room to clear that last 20%, and then actively... I mean, I'm assuming you would actively search the next thing. Like, you'd go beyond the bed, or if there's something you weren't able to tell while you were slicing the pie or that last 20%, when you make entry, you want to check the other side of that bed or whatever could conceal somebody. Right, so so the... And every, you know, each building and room is going to be different. So there's no there's no standard like, okay, this is the one, two, three you're going to do. But the drills that we like to run because it's it's applicable to a lot of the houses that that we see or that we're in or businesses, residents, things like that. We pie the doorway, slowly taking slice by slice what we can from the exterior of the of the doorway. And a lot of people will want to get right up on the doorway when they pie. But but really, you're able to see more. 
and have more maneuverability the further back you back away from that door. Right. Does right. that make sense? Okay. Well, you, you feel like we talked about with the CQV class. You feel that comfort level of right. having something close. I want to be you. right there on the doorway, which and, it's a detriment to you. Yeah, and I realized that quickly in that class, and that's partly why I started kind of staying. I was close, but I had plenty of you know mobility around right. it. Um, okay. So you pie, then you make an entry, which would be a right, which would be an entry to your right or to your left, because those are the unknown threads. So as you pie a room, the the wall immediately to your right or immediately to your left, those are the two corners that you cannot see from pying. Correct. Okay, so those are your unknown threats. All right, so you're going to make entry. You go in as quickly as you possibly can through the door to that threat, that unknown threat. From there, you want to get about three meters in and three meters off the wall. So you want to get three meters in the doorway, three meters off the wall. I can't convert that. Are you kidding me? I need a calculator. I think everyone's going to be lost. Meters? Well, at least Three everyone overseas, overseas is going to know well, exactly for how many, far. Well, for our many listeners overseas. Well, will you draw a diagram for us? Three yards. Just pictures. <laughs> all right, so you're in. You're off the wall by three meters. You're off the wall by all three yards. Around, all, or three yards all around you. Yes. And the reason, the reason for that, the reason we want people to be in... Um, off the wall three yards and in the door three yards is because that gives the people that are coming from behind you, if, if you're working with several people, um, that gives them a lane if they have if they need to come in and hook an immediate right or left to engage that threat, they're not shooting into the back of your head. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a good idea. Right? Right. Then also it allows you, you know, rounds skip off walls and all that stuff. So it, it just gives you, it's just a, it's a nice position. Three meters into the door allows you that, again, that same comfort. So you stop there and then you slow down and you begin to pie again. And that's, that's, that's the, the throttling. That's the throttling. So you go fast, slow, fast, slow. So you pie until the rest of the room is cleared. Then you come back out, and then you go to the next one. Now, that's totally different than, let's say, a narcotics warrant or something like that where right. it's all dynamic entry. It's Yeah, it's it, but you also have your team to go in with you. Right. It, We're talking when, when about you go in, basic you got three guys, two-person you got six patrol. Eyes. Right. We're talking about two-person. That's good math. Two-person <laughs> <laughs> two Unless you got old Sarge how many, with you. How many you fingers would you have? Well, do you have the explosive guy with you? Then you only have like, like 22 maybe <laughs> depends on how good of an explosive guy he is if he's really good then you got like 28 if he sucks you only got 22 and a half yeah um, i can still pull that trigger with my quarter of my pinky i just use my lips <laughs> um so again these are just these are tactics we're talking about for you know um well it also, uh, t- yeah two officers or being or at two, home by yourself persons. i mean someone made exactly. entry into your house and this now, is not and i know we're gonna have one person out there who's like oh this is extremely critical sensitive information it is not it's available on the web yeah, it's not a- anywhere yes. um now that that brings me to another point that i was thinking about um and that was you're at home your wife is in the bed next to you your son or your daughter is down the hall um if you're by yourself you don't want to leave your room. You just want to call the cops. I mean, staying away from the threat is best and only attack or only going defensive or offensive on the threat is once he makes entry into your room or wherever you are. But if you've got your wife with you and your daughter son down the down the hallway, you know, when do you decide to move? What what would be the course of action? There there has to be a distinct reason to move. There has to be your a your child. There, I okay. Mean, 
So that's you, that's you enough get reason there, for yeah, me. You want to yeah. get there to make sure that they're okay. What I would personally do is I would have my wife grab my belt loop, okay. my waistband, or whatever, and that she would follow me, and I would clear as we as I you know as I cleared up to my child. It would kind of be like, um, you know, the theory behind active shooter is you don't clear everything; you just move direct to threat. Mm-hmm. So you move directly to where the threat is at. Um, and that's the same thing with in a home defense type situation. If you have a child, a loved one, a wife, uh, whatever, and you've got to move to them, if, if there is a threat in the home, I'm moving directly to my child and then, you know, taking care of any kind of threat once I'm there. But my my priority as a parent is to secure my child. Hands down. And I mean, that that goes back to people that some people go, oh, they're crazy for thinking it. But they're, you know, and and Petty, I'm not talking about exactly what you have in safe words. Um, but what I'm referring to is, you know, if you leave your wife there with a shotgun and you're going to get to your you're going to get to your child. I would never leave See, my wife with I, a shotgun. Are well, you kidding me? Hopefully. Are you kidding me? Hopefully some of these guys' wives love their husbands enough that they wouldn't accidentally discharge it. Oh, man. But if you have to, you leave your wife there with the shotgun. You make it, you know, then you go make sure you stay with your child and you call the cops. So basically you have two strongholds. You have the, you know, the bedroom and then you have the kid's bedroom and you just stay put. And you call the cops, you know, all that kind of stuff. Now, you know, some people will say, well, what if what if the uh, husband gets taken, you know, and someone's got him in duress, and he's like, honey, I'm okay, come out. You know, I mean, if you have, you this know. This is some really deep plot. So know, you've been thinking about this. It, Holy crap. Well, you know, it's, it's part of what I do. I, I'm a writer. So when, it, when you think about it, if someone's got you under duress, and you're like, honey, it's okay, come out. Now all of a sudden, you know, you're in a really bad hostage situation. But if you have a safe word where you know... I have a better idea. Take your wife with a shotgun and send her out to go see what is going on. Rosebud. <laughs> blueberry Rosebud. pancakes. I was thinking blueberry muffins, but that's close. Yeah. yeah, okay. All right. Uh, see, um, we got to change it because that's guessable. Is it? Yeah. Well, I mean, now, now that it's on the podcast, I mean... Tens of hundreds of people know Tens it. of hundreds of people. Well, and if, you know, if, if any of them that are listening for the first time, you know, go like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash gun show podcast. Yes. And you can contribute to our current contest that we're, we've got a C- CTS GAT that we're giving away. By um, excess sites. It's a, what does GAT stand for? Glass assault tool. That is correct. I, I had to look it up. Um, anyways, uh, our previous podcast we did a test and evaluation on it and uh, all that stuff's there on the uh, facebook page um post your favorite picture of the range and uh, we'll put you, you in a drawing yeah, a, a, range. a range you at a range you at a range I mean, your gun at a range your girlfriend at a range <laughs> and as petty said you know they have a higher <laughs> chance of winning if that's there i can't help it no. i can't help it it's just the odds hey. i mean everyone knows the odds yeah and I mean, Petty, statistically, it's it's been proven. This is true. This is true. And Petty's vote, you know, counts for one point two five. Well, I mean, I would think that I at least get Alan's vote. He's not here. Well, then I get Scott's vote. Well, that seems a little unfair. <laughs> you so should have let one in. I should have let one in. That way, we wouldn't have had a tie. I can go back out there and see if there's no, no, there. no. Don't leave. Uh, there, I hear somebody still banging on the door. Go away, small children. <laughs> um. Yeah, so anyways, go on to Facebook, uh, post your picture of the range, your favorite picture of the range. We'll, um, it's, uh, we'll draw 
somebody at random. Well, so and, far we uh, only have one. Well, what, so he's a count. Cl- well, no, um, he's a clear cut winner currently. <laughs> yeah, he's in the uh, lead. He's a strong lead. He position. has a very strong lead right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely looking. We want. Uh, he also posted a question about lever action rifles, which okay. we're going to cover next week. All right. Um, hopefully, when everyone can make it. Uh, but as it currently stands, we have one entry. One. www.facebook.com/gunshowpodcast. So and entered your ra- favorite range pick. Basically, you'd have a 50/50 chance, chance of winning an $80 glass assault tool. Yeah, and Petty's paying for the shipping, so oh, you don't even goodness. have to worry about that. Well, actually, I mean, we wanted to have the drawing done. We had talked about having it done by today. Um, and I was kind of hoping to look around more towards the 18th and the 19th and just drop it in the mail at that time. Yeah, I think that'd be better. You know, everyone's busy um, mm-hmm. with the holidays and certainly, uh, you know, we're, we're a little tied up trying to fend off the zombies. And we don't so. really care about the quality either. We just want to see what you guys are doing. We want to see what you guys are shooting. Why are you so nosy? And, well, you know, because we're secretly part of Big Brother, and we're actually just trying to... This is this is the government's plan. They've given us billions and trillions of dollars to start a podcast to basically get everyone we're, to tell us infil- what they have. We're infiltrating the right wing from within. Very, very slowly. Very slowly. <laughs> um, so we, you showed me a video right before we yes. hopped on, and showed, I'll, I'll let you lead on to that. I showed you a video, which we're going to post on our Facebook. From your webcam page. Face page. What? Wait, that's a different one. Somewhere I'm sorry. Around there. Yeah. Someone had printed an AR-15 lower out of plastic, and we had talked about doing this a couple shows back. You, I, and I had listened to that show, and this is previous to me coming on to the podcast, but I didn't really understand. I'm not a big technological guy, so I didn't really understand what uh, what you guys were talking about. So maybe you can give a rundown again. You have a printer. And it's a specialty commercial, or it's a specialty printer that is commercially available. And what it does is it lays down. It's it's like a rapid prototyping machine, and it lays down a very thin layer of plastic is what it actually prints in. So it prints in a solid compound that builds up to create whatever shapes you're looking for. Now with this technology, you can't have any moving parts, but you can have holes and all. Basically, kinds of crazy it's witchcraft. Stuff. I don't understand it. I didn't understand a word that just came out of your mouth, Martin. When I showed Petty the video of how some of these printers and the new technologies, he was on his. He was on the ground in a, in the um, shrimp position. Yes, yeah, not the fetal position. The shrimp suckling his thumb and trying very furiously to call his mom. I I was trying, but it wouldn't dial out. I don't know. <laughs> And so the the crazy part of the witchcraft is that it actually makes solid 3D objects. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, anything uh, you want. Yeah, I don't understand it. it. Anyways, so, two, so, these, two. so these, these knuckleheads made a gun out of plastic, well, basically. they made the lower. They didn't make the barrel and the upper. And, and places that are going to have to deal with the high pressures that would basically kill you, right. having it explode in your face. Um, so they went with the safer part, which is the, the, the actual lower itself. And they didn't even put a 5.56 upper on it. They put a 5.57. I believe it's an FN. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The FN, the FN round. Yes. Right. Because um, they have that they have that 50 round which is, upper. Which is a, on yeah, there. it's basically a short 20, uh, 2.23. And, it, and it, I mean, it hauls. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, there... It's there's I wouldn't think that there's as much recoil on something like that as even a five five six, which is almost nothing. As no, I've shot the P90s before, and they're they're awesome. Okay, yeah. So I mean, 
you look at it in that situation, not a lot of recoil. It broke after six shots. Are you gonna put the Are you gonna put the YouTube on Facebook? Oh yeah, I'm gonna put it on. The, it's hilarious. You need to you need to go on and watch the <laughs> after six rounds. Six rounds, and he <clears throat> he has a failure. He goes to take it away from his shoulder, and all of a sudden, the <laughs> it just crumbles. Yeah, the the buttstock comes flying off. The spring comes shooting out of it, and he's just kind of like, "All right." And what did it, it broke under stress um, because of the recoil? It looked like it tried as as your re, as your shoulder absorbs the recoil, it causes like downward force, and it just snapped right where the buffer tube attaches to the receiver. It was awesome. It I was loved cool. It. No, it was great, but. I mean, when we looked at that kind of technology and we look to the future, there's going to have to be a way that we can use higher grade plastics and probably, I would think, almost something along the lines of having these printers that could almost form this stuff around a mesh of some sort to reinforce it. Because who is it, Tango Down or somebody that has a mesh reinforced magazines? Yeah, something like that. Somebody out there has that. And if Scott was here, which, rest in peace, he would be able to tell us who it was. But I also showed Petty a new video, or an old. It's an old video, but it's a new, new way of printing things off, and they're trying to get it for space use. And what this actually does, it allows you to print um, with moving parts as mm-hmm. you actually print it out. The the applications there for firearms is unbelievable. And I mean, it seems like it's a pretty durable item. It uses um, specialty compound and a specialty fluid, which is they they haven't released any kind of specs on that. It's company secret. But he creates a, a monkey wrench that he brings into the studio. They scan it in with a hand scanner, and then they create and they print it off. And then he uses it to tighten down a bolt, which is kind of crazy. And I mean, he put some pressure on it. It looked like. So I would have to say, say that that's probably more durable than the plastic. Now all you need to do is pony up $15 million or whatever you need for one of those printers, and you can just print firearms all day long. 